Hello and welcome back to another episode of Faking Injuries. We are the American ambassadors to the beautiful game in Europe and more broadly across this beautiful green earth. We have been absolutely blessed to have the World Cup in our graces. We've been taking notes along the way. So in today's episode, we are going to do our top 10 takeaways through the group stage. Before we get into that, quick warning at the top. This is satire. We likely will say some heinous things over the course of this episode. Keep that in mind. We're just trying to make each other and you laugh, so don't take us too seriously. We are good people. We just have very dark humor, and this is how we cope. Charlie, before we get into the meat of today's episode, let me check in with you, the co-host, the assistant gaffer, if you will. How are you doing? I'm doing well. We're, we're here on Thursday, December 1st. We just watched... Uh, the Germany and Spain games earlier, which were madness. And it's been a little while since we've seen each other. You know, we were both gone for Thanksgiving to our respective states, one far superior than the other. But we On holiday. Bring that up. On holiday, of course. And it's just good to be back. Good to be back in the studio. I'm excited to jump into this. Also, I want to mention, you've poured me up a screwdriver at 7 o'clock on a Thursday. I didn't even know you drink that often, but... I don't, but... We're on Qatar time now. Oh, so I got, I got this is a late night into the early morning drink. I forgot to consider that. Yep. Are you ready to get into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Starting with our first takeaway, and I'll take the lead here, but I hate to boast and be prideful here. I really do. I like to stand CONCACAF and all of the four teams that we sent to this tournament. But despite my best attempts at being humble, it's just so clear to me that the United States is CONCACAF's daddy. You know, honorable mentions here. Mexico, El Tree with a capital L. Good try, guys. Um, it really was a good effort that you guys had. You thought <laughs> you could pummel Saudi Arabia. It seemed like an easy opportunity. I mean, drawing to Poland, you had to win that game. Not surprised that you couldn't get a result against Lionel Messi in Argentina, but again... It wasn't for a lack of effort, Mexico and all the fans south of the border. You guys really did try, just like we did, but only one of our nations could progress, and I'm sad to say it was us. I just hope for your sake Edson Alvarez doesn't get fed up with all this bullshit and retire early, because you guys need him. That was weird when they started a 38-year-old CDM over him, and by the 40th minute, he was so gassed. He was like, please take me out. <laughs> Was it Hector Herrera yeah. just running around? Yeah. And then they didn't even sub on Edson. I was just so confused. I don't know what's up with the manager, but it's like, your best player plays for Ajax. Unbelievable. Like, put him in the game. Start him, maybe. Yeah, maybe it was an extension of Ajax. You know, they haven't been happy with him because he's been trying to get a move. I know rumored with Chelsea. Tried to force his way out in the summer. Maybe Ajax and the Mexico national team are just, you know, holding the line together. And if there's a ban that's given out at club level, you know the national team's got to hold it up. If I know anything about geopolitics, the Dutch and the Mexicans, very friendly, very simpatico. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as other CONCACAF teams, you know, Canada, you guys, top qualifiers out of CONCACAF, I really had high hopes for you, led by John Herdman, an exciting front three with Alfonso Davies, Tejan Buchanan, and Jonathan David. 
you guys were the only team in this tournament to lose all three games. So that's a tough one. Tough group, though, in their defense. They had to play the Dinosaurs of Belgium and the Moroccan just magical team they got going on there and Croatia, which is they're always tough to play. So, you know, you need to caveat it because we got to play Iran and Wales, you know. To be fair, they probably should have got a result in their first game against Belgium and the Dinosaurs that make up that team. But after Belgium, it was really L's being doled out around in the group. John Herdman, the handsome coach, who I think is a bright future, he got humbled in the most extreme sense. After the Belgium game, rallied the boys around in a circle and said, we're going to fuck up Croatia. We're going to do it for Mother Canada. And they subsequently got fucked themselves 4 to nothing by said Croatian team. So that was a big bag of L that he just had to take like it was a Whistler double black diamond ski slope. I don't know. Does that make sense? I don't ski. Yeah, I thought you were trying to go for a food reference, and I realized there's no Canadian cuisine, so there's not really anywhere to go there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't have any examples for you that are better than that. Finally, probably the only other team outside the United States that acquitted themselves nicely at this tournament was Costa Rica. They were awesome. They were awesome. We held no hope for them making it out of the group, but there was two minutes in the final match day where it looked like both Costa Rica and Japan were going to make it out of the group. Can't say enough about Los Ticos, making the small nation proud of them, and really picking up a lot of slack for Canada and Mexico as far as CONCACAF's reputation goes, too. So from the American Outlaws, of which we are not, thank you. And we are CONCACAF's daddy. Enough crowning ourselves the champions of CONCACAF. I'll throw it to you because I know you were locked in with your Padre, watching a lot of World Cup over Thanksgiving break, and it seems like you guys were thinking a little too much about the FS1 commentators, which that's not their job, right? They're like an offensive lineman. They're there to be seen, not heard. Yeah, you don't really want that to be the worst part of your experience. You just want it to be there. But FS1, I mean, they must have hired the worst commentators of all time in any tournament. Was Tucker Carlson picking them out? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't understand how they could fuck up this much on what is the biggest football event and biggest sporting event in the world. Whoever the executive producer is for the World Cup coverage just needs to be fired tomorrow, next week, whenever it is. The fact that you, me, and several other people I know opted to watch Peacock with the Spanish commentary and the long goal, see! (laughs) I mean, the fact that we opted to do that over listen to the Fox Sports 1 idiots it says a lot. The formula is simple, right? We don't want American accents. We don't want people who don't understand the game. And we don't want some boring takes. Hire Arlo White to soothe me on a nice Sunday morning and call it a day. That's all I need. You know, it's kind of like, I remember this from college, an IT project. It can't be all three things of fast, high quality, and cheap, right? It can only be two out of the three. Hmm. So those criteria you set out, I don't think we should rule out all Americans per se, but we can't have Americans with boring ass takes mm. speaking to American audiences. We could have us Americans saying heinous things that would make other Americans laugh and not cater to the people who don't quite understand what penalty kicks are. We're just going to leave them behind. Yeah, and they just lack an understanding of the game in general. Like the amount of times they're on the wrong side of a call or like, 
bitching about a certain aspect of the game or what the refs were doing and we're just completely wrong you know once you watch it back just not spot on at all so they needed to step it up peacock they did a great job coverage was incredible love the commercials big fan peacock the production has just exponentially improved over the last few years despite losing arlo white but fs1 either don't bid next time the world cup comes up for grab or step up your game because mm. this was just a lackluster performance. The U.S. men's national team succeeded despite you, not because of you. Yeah. And there's only one CEO in America that's had a worse week than the CEO of Fox Sports 1, and that's Sam Bakeman Freed. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> <laughs> yes, SBF, if you're in the Bahamas or wherever you find yourself domiciled these days, this one goes out to you. Hope you're enjoying the World Cup, too. Speaking of people who are enjoying the World Cup, it is the people from that country continent place called Australia. Their soccer team goes by the name Socceroos, which is just so on brand. What can you say about them? Making it out of a group that we had no hope of them doing so. We were in the majority. When we did the preview for the World Cup, we talked about each of the other three teams and forgot until the last second that we didn't mention Australia. So We really disrespected them. And I think this was one of the groups where it felt like such a lock, the top two, Denmark and France. But boy, were we wrong. Yeah, before the next World Cup, we have to study our takes and our analysis from this one to remember patterns like this. You know, when it looks like there's two clear teams making it to the knockout stages, guess again. Because... When the ball kicks off, you know, it's a tie game. And until someone scores a goal, it's a tie. And Denmark really didn't produce much offensively. And that was their Achilles heel. Mm. But enough about them. Let's talk more about the fucking soccer ruse. This team, they don't boast a lot of European talent. I mean, it's players in the Scottish Premier League, which, hey, we don't hate. But it's really like a lower level EFL squad if you're outside of Celtic and Rangers, right? And then mixing it up, other players from the championship and lower in the EFL. Don't forget about Irvine, St. Pauli, and Bundesliga too with oh, his dude, mustache. I like him. Mustache and man bun. U.S. might need to, A, nationalize this guy. B, move him in a back line. Play a back three with Reem, Zimmerman, and Irvine. Oh. Ooh, that would be some gnarly hairstyles going on. But we can dream. Having written them off. I think, you know, we're not going to do a tattoo bet, but what is the nasty snack that they eat? Is it termite, Vegemite? Koalas. Koalas, kangaroo, uh- venison. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what it is, but we're going to do something to commemorate the nation that has 70% of its population get skin cancer because of a lack of ozone. This one goes out to you, Australia. Love it. And I, I think the last point on this is... That Denmark were just complete frauds. I mean, we even consider them as dark horses, and this is the disrespect they show us. <laughs> we were <laughs> we were preparing to do a whole Danish Superliga episode, talk about the right to dream. I don't even know if I want to do it anymore after the disrespect this team showed no, us. No, that's going to the bottom Cause of the we, queue. We talked about how good they were, and now we're going to look like idiots. I think I did protect us a little bit, little self-insurance policy, because I posited... Maybe Denmark used up all their magic when Christian Eriksen was resurrected from his death during the Euro. So it's clear that 
this is the cosmic rebalancing that needed to happen. So we took a loss here, but we got to go all in next time the Euros come around because mm. this is a quality team. Just needs more goal scoring or something. It's a young team too, to be fair. So once again, congrats to Australia and the Socceroos. We've given them their flowers. Up the ruse. Up the ruse. Good luck against Messi and Argentina. Next up, I don't have a specific team in mind here, but an overall theme of the World Cup, the fans whistling. These Middle Eastern supporters are the best whistlers around. It's Everyone's whistling. The quality per whistle is so high. It's very scary. If you say whistle one more time, our listeners might kill you. Sorry, have I said whistle a lot? No, you're fine. I just think if there was a Whistle Olympics, North Africa would win. (laughs) (laughs) But Tunisia, they suffered through to get a result, which, again, they don't progress, but that would be probably one of the biggest wins in the nation's history. And just seeing fans cry and whistle their hearts out, it's very beautiful to see. Yeah, I felt a similar human element when watching Argentina as they had to claw back in their second two games after losing to Saudi Arabia because apparently that was the loudest the stadium got throughout the entire tournament so far was like just the, all the Argentina supporters against Poland and Mexico. It was cool. Like it was the, one of the few games where you could actually hear the crowd almost above the commentators yeah, at points. They definitely were like willing the squad to move on. Totally. Which was great because Messi was doing his best to keep that from happening, missing penalties. <laughs> Enough on that matter. I'll kick it to you. Saudi Arabia, beyond just the historic win over Argentina, one that earned the whole playing squad Rolls Royces from MBS, my favorite owner of Newcastle oh, wow. United. Wow. Sorry, not MBS, the Public Investment Fund, PIF, uh, as we're calling it. Yes. Yeah, sure. My favorite ownership group. So, what stood out to you from watching this Saudi Arabian squad? As you mentioned, the big upset against Argentina in their first game, you would think that's the biggest thing that stood out to me. And the Saudis won't able to get anything else out of the group stages except for some, you know, sports washy-washy. But one thing stood out above everything else, and it was Irv Renard, the French coach of the Saudi Arabia team. I mean, this guy is a sexy, sexy man. I want to buy him an oat milk latte. That's all I want to do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he had an unbelievably motivating locker room speech at halftime against Argentina. Do you see that? I did not. He's, he's shouting it in English, but most of them don't speak English. So he's got a translator shouting it in Arabic <laughs> at the same time. It was, it was like exhilarating though. Unbelievable speech. I mean, it's not his coaching ability or the defensive highline tactics that stood out to me. It's just his jawline, you know, chiseled in a way that makes him look like a James Bond villain. And I just want to spend some time with the guy. I think you got to take this slowly. You know, we haven't brought on guests yet, and we do have to start small, build up some social credibility. But I think we get him on. You buy him that oat milk latte. Mm. And then he's going to be on the hook. You know, he <laughs> owes you something at that point. After he's consumed one sip of that latte, it's you and Irv. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> but enough on Irv and the potential for your love or a platonic relationship to blossom over the coming months. Let's bring it stateside. You've been on the ground, speaking with American supporters. What's your read from the camp? Is this World Cup growing support? 
or will we forever be the fifth best sport in this nation? Yeah, I wanted to take it back to the U.S. because I don't think we hyped us up enough earlier yeah. in our first takeaway. And I've been noticing Americans are starting to love soccer more and more, despite knowing little about it, which mm-hmm. is a nice combo. It's a good spot to be in. And it's uniquely American to have confidence in something you know so little about. It is uniquely American. It's what made, makes this nation great. And we're so good at just taking it as if it's ours, too. Yeah, and we couldn't be more excited, not because we care, but because our target audience is just growing, and it means more dollars in our Cayman bank account. Yep. So on Wednesday for the big U.S. game, last match day versus Iran, I decided to call up a dive bar, see if they were playing the game. They said yes, so I had to bring my work laptop to the bar, met up with a few friends, 1 o'clock, middle of a work day, pounded a couple of Guinnesses, and at the first whistle... Completely empty in the bar, except for like a few scattered bar flies. A little depressing seeing that on a Wednesday at one o'clock, <laughs> already hammered. But at like the 20 minute mark, we look around and there are like 25, 30 Americans just yelling at the TV with us and really warmed my heart, especially when they're shouting at the end, uh, you know, came up to 90 minutes and then they did added time. Oh yeah, that's always tough with newbies. Which they added 9 minutes, which was ridiculous cuz like there was maybe 2 3 max minutes. And that's 1/10th that of the game we're adding back. Yes. 1/10th. And and everyone was like, "What's going on? Why is there more time?" <laughs> They're always so bewildered. They didn't understand it, but it was pretty nerve-wracking that last 9 minutes, but I mean, just getting the win, cheering with everyone in the bar, giving some high fives around, finishing my Guinness, and then going back to work. Best feeling of my week. And it just made made me feel good inside that Americans, whether or not they know about the sport, are tuning in. Yep. And our deepest condolences to Iran. Uh, not only no. for... No. <laughs> hey, good cop, bad cop. Apologies, <laughs> Iran. Not only for kicking your ass and sending you back to your nation, which I'm sure you didn't want us to do to you, mm. but also for Charlie mispronouncing Iran. Oh, because that was on purpose. it's Iran. It is. As Tyler Adams found out, which is my next takeaway, because he is just that dude. On the pitch, he's a baby in Golo Kante. In the press room, he is a young, athletic Barack Obama regen. Mm. Yeah. He's very statesman. If Donald Trump can become president, if Kim Kardashian can probably become president, sure enough, Tyler Adams, after captaining the U.S. team at one World Cup, winning the next on home soil, he also deserves to be president of this nation. Explain to the people the interview question you're referring to. As captain, he's up there with the national team manager, Greg Berhalter, and it was getting pretty spicy in the press room. The Iranian state-backed supporter, so R.E., the government of Iran, asked our captain what it's like with discrimination in America and how he feels about playing for the United States. And also, he blatantly called him out for mispronouncing Iran. It's Iran. He acquitted himself very nicely, a very diplomatic answer, and apologized profusely. We know he didn't mean it, but very smart to apologize. Mm. What did I miss? Anything? That was about it. It was just the perfect answer. You know, not only media trained, but he kind of fired some riffing shots. riffing, too. Riffing and firing some shots back, like, without really saying anything mean, if that makes sense, you know? If we can keep it with Middle Eastern countries and their teams at the World Cup, 
we got to talk about Qatar. The host country, if you don't know, they paid their way to become the hosts of this World Cup, as did Russia for the last one. And people seem to be hyping up the team. Apparently, they'd ended the league six months ago just so the team could train together for, like, as a, as a unit for six months straight just for the World oh, Cup. Oh, scary. So scary, right? They might be the worst team of all time in any World Cup. It wasn't quite as bad as Canada, but they scored their first and likely last goal at a FIFA World Cup ever, or until FIFA expands the tournament to 64 teams for more cash in their pockets. <laughs> Which is probably coming down the chute in 8 to 12 years, knowing those bastards. But let's move it away from the dumpster fire that was the Qatari national team. They didn't even look like they enjoyed it. They looked scared. But let's take it to Group E. Talk us through the final match day. Can take us wherever you want as far as group dynamics. But this, in my mind, is the most exciting group thus far in the World Cup. I think going into it, we thought it was one of the stronger groups, for sure. Maybe the strongest with Spain, Germany, Japan, and Costa Rica. But I don't think we anticipated it playing out in the way it did. Japan beat Spain on the final match day of the group to put both of them through and the Japanese team on top, which was definitely not in our predictions. No. Although you did throw out a rogue shout for Japan to win it all. I did, and I'm still in the money. (laughs) Well, on the other side of the coin, Germany falls out for the second successive World Cup, and this one really crushed me because I... Bet big on Germany to win it all. That was my pick for the tournament. And I also told all my friends to take that as financial advice, which really sucks because I lost them money as well. I see also they had 10 XG throughout the three games in the World Cup, which was the most by a long shot by like several expected goals. So not only did they get booted out of this tournament as quick as they came in, but they really underperformed at the same time, their expected goals. It, they looked really good doing it, which is not reassuring. Not Hansi at all. Hansi Flick and the boys. Yeah, Hansi, he might be gone. I think the only silver lining in all of this is that we've decided before this episode that we're both doubling down on our Bayern Munich to win the Champions League bet. This is the start of the championship documentary, right? Because... There's not much difference between the Bayern Munich squad and the German national team. So they have had total heartbreak. But they're going to use this to motivate them for their other season, right? They're going back to Bavaria. They might even stop drinking for five months. And these guys might be certified alcoholics. Might be. Might be. (laughs) They love the Hefeweizen and the Mars and Lagers. But look, they're going to remember this pain when the knockout stages roll around in February. And... I think we're going to see a lot of players come out firing and ready to win the whole thing. Maybe this is a weird reference, but in college football at Alabama, the powerhouse, Nick Saban has a history of bringing in other coaches who maybe have failed or petered out at their jobs. And, you know, he kind of puts a seal of approval back on them. Like, hey, this guy's a good coach. He's been with Saban at Alabama. Maybe Hansi Flick needs something similar. He needs someone to bring him back under their wings. Maybe Pep can give him, like... The center backs to deal with, or Julian Nagelsmann, <laughs> who took over for Hansi Flick, can make him like pressing consultant. I think he would hate that, <laughs> having a 36-year-old as his boss. 
Do you want to say anything else about the Japanese squad? Because I know you're you're pretty high on them, and I just it's incredible they finished top. A lot of incredible players: Matoma, Ritsu Doan. I mean, just what a squad! Yes, I am just so happy with them. Full force ahead, more confident than ever that this team can win the World Cup. And it's not just the players who are making such an impact here, right? After their first match against Germany that they won, the Japanese supporters stayed after and cleaned the fucking stadium, Mm. which is pretty impressive. that. That says a lot about a nation. Yeah, they asked them why after. It's just their culture. You know, you just... It's like leaving nature. You leave it untouched, you know? Yes. No trash behind. Let's finish it out. I know we haven't been counting exactly along the way, but number 10 on my list here says Morocco is the real deal. They certifiably are. Led by Sofian Amrabat, our favorite defensive midfielder in the world, getting his shine from all of the townspeople on Twitter. So great to see the wingbacks, right? Mizrawi and Hakimi. You've got Aguerd and Sice in defense and Nezri up top. It's just a good squad. Ziyech, I missed. They struggled at times to score goals, but they always looked pretty defensively sound, which, you know, they got the Sevilla goalkeeper as well. Like Bono. Yes. It's it's a good omen in a international knockout tournament when your defense is solid because that's way more important than the other thing. Precisely. Speaking about the FS1 announcers, too, they absolutely, I don't know if they have beef with Morocco as a nation, but they specifically bastardized all of the surnames on this Moroccan squad. Like Roman Saiz, they were strolling around. Roman Saiz with the, the header away, and Aguirre was like, aggered. <laughs> it was just an abomination of the highest levels. I don't think these guys even watch soccer. Do you think the Moroccan government forgot to drop off the paycheck? Because the Qatari team had all of their names pronounced perfectly, I, n- I noticed. Or maybe it was part of the Qatari paycheck. Mm, yeah, yeah, you might be right. And also, I'm wondering, right, if the Saudis were given Rolls Royces, will the leader of Morocco be gifting the team Brazilian butt lifts in honor of Sophie and Amrabat, you know? The boys make it one round further. Maybe just a private Moroccan PJ yep. straight to Rio de Janeiro. Get the surgery. Enjoy Carnival. Shake your newfound thing <laughs> and take the plane back. I think it makes a lot of sense, especially going forward in the tournament, because I've heard a lot of players in the locker room have been jealous of Amrabat and his BBL. Because when you see that roaming around in the middle of the pitch, I mean, it's hard not to be jealous. It's hard not to be jealous. So I think for you know squad morale, this would be a really good trip for them like to do as a whole and i think amrabat might double down and... <laughs> <laughs> say it bust that thing out a couple more feet <laughs> oh, you think he's not done he's not done oh, god. oh my gosh he, he's like some of those people they start getting plastic surgery and they can't stop He's going to need Botox on his ass when he's 80 <laughs> to trim down the size. <laughs> We're here for you, Amrabat. Dump truck reduction surgery. <laughs> you go to Brazil for the BBL, and then maybe like a neighboring country, Peru, can get known for the reduction surgery. Yes, yes. Very important. Or Paraguay. You know, maybe that will be, uh, what's his name, Miggy Almiron's retirement investment. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> uh, I think I think we probably made enough of a fool of the Moroccan squad, which we do love. Um, we love this squad. Also, great whistlers, the Moroccan people. The North Africans, man, they're winning the Whistle Olympics if that ever occurs. Is there anything else you need to get off your chest, Charlie? Because I think this is probably a good place to wrap our I 10 think, takeaways. I think this is a perfect place to wrap. This is fun. This is very fun. Thanks again to everyone for listening. Sorry again to everyone we offended. It's all love here at Faking Injuries. Until next time, follow us on Twitter at Faking Injuries. And smile at a stranger. Bye. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye.